Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Welcome, everyone, and uh, welcome to another episode of Blog Talk Radio on on the Catch. And uh, if you uh, if you haven't uh, signed up for the Catch, you really need to. And you can just go to catchjohnfisher.com and uh, right at the top of the page, over on the right, there's a little envelope. But just click on the envelope. And you can sign right up and get our uh, something fresh written every day, uh, five days a week. And uh, that's kind of where we all got started, where we got started here with the catch. And uh, now we've branched into so many different things. We have church now on Sundays and we have uh, 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 Bible study on Wednesday night that you'll find out about. And, and then there is this program, which is probably one of my favorite things that we do uh blog talk radio because i just love being able to have people on that i love to talk to and introduce you uh our listeners to and so uh today we have um a, a wonderful guest uh he's been on once before it's been a while and uh we we're welcoming back uh Dr. William Brown, uh, Senior Fellow for Worldview and Culture, Colson Center for Christian Worldview. Yes, that's Chuck, the, for, the late Chuck Colson. And uh, uh, Dr. Brown, we'll call him Bill, and uh, because he's a good friend. And uh, Bill was the president of uh, both Bryan College for a number of years and then Cedarville University. Um, and that's where I got to meet him. And uh, he would have me come uh, uh, speak and he trusted me with, with his student body and, and gave me the chapels uh, a number of years. And I've thoroughly uh, enjoyed that experience and always enjoyed hanging out with Bill because he's got some great um, uh, concepts and principles on Christian worldview. It's kind of, I think it's been kind of a, a major theme for him most of his, most of his ministry and career. So it's a real natural for him to be now involved with uh, the World Center for Worldview and Culture um, at the Colson Center. So um, we'll find out a little bit more about that as we get going. But let's, uh, let's welcome Bill to Block Talk Radio and get going. Bill, welcome back. Thanks, John. It's good to be back with you. Yeah. Why don't you tell us, 
let, now that I brought that up, why don't, why don't you tell us how did you get hooked up with uh, with the uh, worldview culture? And of course, you've, it's almost like you've got two uh, two two careers here as a university president, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and now uh, you know involved with the Colson Center. Um, uh, tell us how that that transition happened. Well, yeah, thanks, John. It was, uh, I was just a young man. In fact, uh, I was reading your books when I was very, very young. And, uh, well, actually not that young compared to you. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I came to crisis before I went to university down in Florida. And uh, I got a degree in math and physics from the University of South Florida. And, um, but I uh, decided I wanted to somehow serve the Lord, but I wasn't sure what to do, but I, I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know theology or philosophy. I wanted to know Hebrew and Greek, the whole thing. So I, I spent uh, the next seven years in graduate school. I got my PhD in biblical studies and then started teaching. But one of the things I did then, I, I began to, um, uh, while I was studying, began to work with the young people, youth, the youth group. And um, I had never done that before, and they, they had uh, this particular church that they would pay me to the youth director, and they had three youth, and I thought, well, I can't mess this up. And uh, in three months, we'd grown to two, and I said, I don't think I'm doing this right. But, uh, <laughs> but one thing led to another, and we um, uh, got to the point to where we had about 60 that we led to Christ that first year, and Wow. One of the things I noticed was how impactful popular culture was in their yeah. lives, as far as their moral lives were concerned. So, and, and this is way back, John. This is actually um, oh. uh, in, 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 uh, in That's a long time in, in the Christian perspective of, uh, yeah. of culture and so on. And um, so I, I told the students to bring in their favorite songs by their favorite uh, artist. And then we put them up on the screen, the words, the lyrics, and we talk about them. We listen and we talk about them. Great. What is this song telling me to believe? What's it telling me to do? What does it say the good life is? How does it light up the truth? What would Jesus Christ think of this song? And, you know, a lot of the songs were great. A lot of them were, were horrible. And a lot of them were embarrassing. They would forget certain words were in those songs and so on. But yeah. what an experience for these students. Wow. Because they began to realize that you can't really separate your entertainment and so on from your your commitment to Christ. And um, we uh, spent the whole summer doing that, and it transformed uh, that youth group and and the youth. In fact, I was back in uh, that area a number of years later, and a young lady came up to me, and she'd been in that youth group. And uh, first thing she said to me was, you ruined my music listening. And she said, I can't listen to a song now without thinking, what is this song telling me to do? What's it telling me to believe? What does it say the good life is? What's, what's the world? <laughs> and then she yeah. smiled and said, best gift I ever had, it's discernment. And the reason I bring that up is I kind of backed my way into worldview because in reality is every song, every movie, every television show, every commercial, every book is, is telling us uh, what to believe, what the good life is. It's teaching us. It's trying to mentor us. And it's because all of us have a worldview, and it comes out in the, way, in the things that we produce. And uh, so I kind of backed into that, and I started reading C.S. Lewis and uh, uh, Francis Schaeffer and others and began to put together uh, uh, my own perspective of that and been doing that ever since. 
Wow. Wow. You know, Bill, that's interesting I, I'm, that you brought that up. I have to tell you that, uh, you know, I, I taught, at, and I understand you're on the, uh, the the board of directors at Gordon College. Is that right? <laughs> you're serving there? That's right. Yeah. Great. Well, um, boy, back in the uh, eight, late 80s, I think, um, I taught uh, a course at Gordon, and it was called uh, Youth in Contemporary Culture, I think. And um, mm-hmm. uh, I I did this exact same thing you did. And I started every class with a pop song with the words up on, on and we talked about it. And, uh, you know, one student about halfway through the year came up to me and and said, why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> they just yeah. they didn't get it they couldn't see it and 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 that happened to be the day we uh we we, we did a song by tina turner about mm-hmm. uh, um uh we can't uh about heroes we, we need another uh-huh. hero yeah. you know uh-huh. and right. we went through that song and we we came up with a, an incredible description of what popular, what people think, what kids think in popular culture. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, it was all there, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. boy, where did we miss that? Some, somewhere, <laughs> you know, we grew up, we grew up with this division of, uh, of sacred and secular and, uh, and um, that's I think that's why we connected you and I, because I think we're <laughs> trying to put that yeah. together for people. So, right. Um, right. Yeah. So here you are doing it uh, still. And uh, mm-hmm. tell me about that. Uh, tell me a little bit about how that's going and and tell me about the uh, the the Colson Center and what you guys are doing. This is exciting. Yeah. Sure, sure, John. Well, you know, my years as a university professor and as a president, it was over 20 years president, uh, able to help uh, colleges begin to think about the fact that when we teach worldview, we think all we're really doing is making sure that people can check off the right beliefs, they say. You know, I yeah. believe in God. Yes, Jesus Christ is the only way to, yes, I, get all, I have a biblical worldview. And in one sense, yeah, that may be true. But you have to be able to uh, understand the context of worldview. There's two other major worldviews besides just God exists. There's a worldview that atheism, there is no God. And there's the transcendental worldview that everything is God. And uh, just be saying those things, immediately you start categorizing things in your brain. You know, okay, atheism, I got that. Okay, and then transcendental, okay, I got Hinduism, Buddhism, and so on. And most of the worldviews, the vast majority of the worldviews fit in one of those categories. And the reason I bring that up is that it gives confidence to a lot of people just knowing that when they they read a a newspaper or they listen to a song, they can say, we know this is a transcendental worldview here because of this and this. And Star Wars, of course, fits right there. And then you can get... Die Hard, and you got Die Hard probably over in the uh, atheistic category, you know, and so on. And that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that's what it is. It, it is communicating that these are the values in life. And um, so uh, when I, but when I ask somebody their worldview, I don't really ask, do you believe in God or so on? 
I asked them um, if you could have any life you wanted to have, live anywhere, be married to anyone, have whatever, what would you have? Where would you be? Who would you be married to? To whom? And so on. And um, that has more to say about their worldview than how they would answer a Barna survey, for example. And uh, wow. the reason the reason I wow. say that is because when you in a, in a context of a college, you know, we have the opportunity to do more than just teach worldview and let them take tests, but to get into their heart and so on. And that's what we do with uh, the Colson Center as well, is um, through Breakpoint and through our short courses and everything that we have available, it's, it's to help people think, but not only to think, but to understand uh, with their heart, you know, what is uh, what are they really craving in the world? Because that has a tendency to, to drive them more toward uh, making moral decisions than uh, what, what their theology is. That's why a lot of kids, for example, get out of high school and they've been in Christian school their whole life or in uh, church to get to university and within the first few weeks. They jettison it because they may have their mind on that, but their heart wasn't a part of it. Wow. And so, and helping people understand that. Now, now what I do at the, at the Colson Center is I'm a senior fellow there. I help lead, lead the organization, but also I work with um, the uh, Colson Fellows Program, which is a program that Chuck started, Chuck Colson started mm-hmm. years ago. And uh, he called it uh, the Centurions. And he got together about 100 people from around the country who signed up, and they would read the same books, oh, you know, maybe a book or two a month on the issues, current issues on worldview, culture, and so on. And they would uh, get together and talk about it three times a year and do something with it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, what we do, though, we've, I've changed the curriculum. It's a little more robust in fact, it's, uh, you can get graduate school credit for it, a couple of seminaries, actually. And it's 10 months. It's all on, on an Internet platform that is really, really, really good. And we have webinars twice a month. Uh, we just had Johnny Erickson Tata uh, last week. We have Odds Guinness, John Lennox, uh, Christopher Yuan. Um, you know, it's just we have some wonderful folks, a lot of the authors of the books that we read and so on. But it follows a pattern of, what are worldviews and why does everybody have one? And then what is culture and how does that relate to worldviews? The cultures grow out of worldviews, as you know. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. um, cultural flashpoints. I think you and I talked about this the other day, the flashpoints where worldviews collide, like we're seeing in culture now with critical theory and mm-hmm. uh, the racial challenges that we're having and um, political divides and LGBTQ uh, issues and so on. All of those are really worldview issues, and uh, we're fighting them at, the, at a too high a level to do anything substantive except to see who's got the cleverest lines and, and who can get the votes in Congress and so on, and that becomes uh, the way you do it. And so um, that's the program, and we have uh, people reading uh, – being a part of that program, and then we segue into them developing their own personal mission statement and uh, a vision statement. Mission statement is who are you and what are you doing for whom and why. And then vision, vision is what, what kind of person, what kind of Christian do you want to become? And uh, so, therefore, that guides you in that. And then you put together a plan for how you will implement that. And uh, when we rebooted the program after Chuck passed away, we had, I think, 100 the first year, and this is year five. And this year we have about 500 in the program. And uh, 
Wow. It's it's uh, amazing how God is uh, blessing it, and uh, we have everybody from military generals to university presidents to um, uh, homeschool dads and moms, as we were talking about the other day, and uh, just yeah. everybody that really feels like God, they want to do something that they they can't, don't have the time or money to get a master's degree, and this mm-hmm. fits right in into that. And uh, so it's been exciting to meet people from all over the world engaged in the program. Wow. What do you see coming up, Bill, as uh, as some of the greatest deficiencies, say, in in the thinking of of people who come in and start this course? You know, what what where are the holes mm-hmm. in their thinking that 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 this helps? Well, that's a really good question. Of course, it's all over the map because we're not uh, we don't uh, specify what a particular denomination or tradition. Just a right. professing Christian, and we do have a pretty uh, standard uh, doctrinal statement uh, and so on. But um, the, the, the goal is that they, ha- that they have a heart for Christ and uh, a desire to um, want to take the information and do something with it for Christ, you know, and, um, and that they're readers. I mean, if you're not reading, you, you're not going to do very well because there's some awesome books out that are really, really helpful. And, um, and that's one of the things is that a lot of Christians now don't uh, take time for the discretionary or what I would consider to be important, necessary reading in all of these issues um, and, and to grow and to set aside time for that. And that's why, I'm, that's why most of the people get in the program. So they said, the only way I, <laughs> I read these books yeah. is if I, if I was forced to do it. And, uh, it's been it's been good. So that's a deficiency I see in a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are very narrow in their thinking about culture. They have uh, adopted certain positions on issues without really uh, reading broadly, thinking broadly about them. And um, and so we, uh, one of our slogans is that outrage is not a strategy. And uh, <laughs> it, it it gets you on TV and you can raise money, but it really doesn't do much in furthering the cause of Christ. And bottom line is for people to grow in Christ. We're very, we have uh, the, the devotionals and a, a, a real commitment to people getting to understand the word of God properly as, as they, as they study and think. And um, so it's, uh, it, it's just really exciting to see, uh, see it grow and see people get excited about making a difference. Yeah. I love that. Outrage is not a strategy. What, mm-hmm. what would be, what would be a good strategy in terms of uh, our involvement in culture? Well, you know, uh, Jesus had, a, had some pretty good ideas about that. And <laughs> um, uh, a lot of times uh, we, we miscalculate what's important. I, one of the quotes, I think it was Chuck Colson, I mentioned it to you the other day uh, when we were talking, is that, the, is that salvation does not come on Air Force One. And uh, for for a lot of Christians, uh, we live and die with uh, the elections and everything, and uh, and that, that's a shame. So, but I, I think this, um, you know, if if your worldview, everybody's got a worldview, you know, whether you like it or not, you've got one by decision or default. Uh, if it doesn't drive you, that taking the scriptures, you know, in the whole, particularly New Testament teachings of Jesus, if it doesn't drive you to serve uh, humbly, to serve passionately. Where you, where you are actually actively looking for opportunities to care, to lift burdens, to give sacrificially, 
Um, if your worldview doesn't compel you to live and speak the gospel, then uh, you may have a biblical worldview, but it does not have you. Uh, and to me, that, to me, that's the key right there. And, um, and that's what we find happening. Uh, Christians begin to get really serious about what it means to serve and to love and to put into practice the teachings of Jesus, whether it be the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain, Luke 6, and those others. Uh, Jesus didn't tell us to do more or to be better. He just told us to live differently wow. in ways that matter. Because if you're different in ways that don't matter, John, you know, you're just weird. But if you're different in ways that matter, then it is transformative, not only for you, but for the, for the people around you. Oh, that's great. You may have a worldview, but it doesn't have you. I can, can we go into that just a little bit deeper? Maybe <laughs> uh, uh, if you've yeah. got... Can you maybe give me an illustration of of that? Uh, mm-hmm. What it might what it might look like to have a worldview that 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 has you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think essentially uh, the reason we have worldviews is the way God made us. Animals don't have worldviews, hmm. um, but we do. We're created in God's image, and therefore we ask questions. And we would need answers and questions about uh, where did everything come from and why am I here? Um, mm. that, that question of meaning is huge. Um, uh, how do you decide what's right and wrong? And then what happens when we die? And what's, what does the future hold for everything? You know, your worldview is going to answer those questions. And you may not do it explicitly, but you do it uh, whether you like it or not, because you've got to live uh, with those things constantly. In your presence. So, for example, you could have a biblical worldview. I have um, known a lot of well-known Christian speakers and leaders, as you have. You've known a lot more than I, but I've known a lot. And um, they were great speaking on stage and so on, but their personal life was uh, deplorable. Mm. I mean, I, that we'd have speakers at the university that we'd have to clean up after they left clean up around town and uh mm. and i'm thinking mm. this this fellow is a mega church pastor and we're going around all over town apologizing for people paying for things that he misused i mean it's like you have and then a student drove him back this particular one drove him back to the airport he's on the phone cussing and doing this and that about and i'm thinking and, and he was just devastated and so that's that's an extreme example Mm. Uh, but there are there are times when um, we can just go through the motions where, where our commitment to Jesus Christ is uh, Sundays and uh, eternity. <laughs> the rest of the time is ours. And uh, um, uh, Jesus, uh, I think, wants to have us all day, and we want to have him all day. And that's where the, uh, the world needs so so envelops me that I want to live for Christ and even even die for Christ. You know. Wow. And, um, so. Amen. Uh, Bill, it, you know, in the last few years, it, it's happened that uh, Christians have generally gotten a, a bad reputation in the world. And mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm thinking of, uh, okay, I'm trying to step into uh, uh, the, uh, the reality of a non-Christian now and say, mm-hmm. why, 
um, how do they see us? And uh, uh, in many ways, they don't see us in a very good light. And uh, right. I, I wonder if, if you might be able to address that, maybe where, why, where that came from, and and most importantly, how can what can we do about that? How how can we change that? How can we make that better? Mm, boy, that's um, it's kind of an abiding question, isn't it? I I, I think um, that, that we can't dismiss the spiritual nature of that. You know, where Jesus in the upper room said, "Now you be prepared. You follow me. The world's going to hate you because it hates me." Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's First John, John four where. John says, now, we're, we're the children of God. You know, what incredible truth. He says, now, the world doesn't know us because it doesn't know him. And um, and that's true. That there's a spiritual dimension in that where uh, there's the, I think the default is often that uh, there's something wrong with these narrow-minded Christians. But there's some yeah. practical things, and I think that's what you're addressing. And it reminds me of uh, David Kinnaman, uh, Gabe Lyon's book called Unchristian, you know, which came out, what, 12, yeah. 13 years ago, yeah. I can't remember. And they looked at young, younger people and asked the question, what comes to your mind when you hear the word Christian? And the top 10 were all negative. Um, mm-hmm. The first being, when I think of Christians, they, are, um, they hate gays. Number one, mm-hmm. you know, and the other nine are, are not much better. We're haters. We're narrow-minded, inflexible, yeah. judgmental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. And it, it doesn't take many. Uh, uh, <laughs> it doesn't take much time watching uh, preachers on on TV uh, to uh, to come to that conclusion that they are in many ways personifying mm-hmm. all of us. You know, and oh. I'm not sure that that's much we can do about that aspect of it. That's why I think that um, living, uh, that's, that's why I'm pouring my life now into men and women who want to make a difference locally where they live, to focus mm-hmm. on that local shalom idea. You know, I want to be a representative of Christ uh, here where I live. What are the needs in my area? And uh, our church, for example, we did, took a five-mile five radius. We got a small church, but took a five-mile radius, and we visited the prisons, the schools, the uh, mental health, um, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, police departments and so on. So what do you need? How can we help you? And we got a lot of things to do. And uh, so we've been diving in and, and uh, be helping foster kids and working with the prisons and the jails and the, the mm. girls who involved in prostitution. Cool. And uh, the idea is wherever there are Christians and they're serving, the culture around them should be lifted up. Mm. And uh, and that that perspective transforms uh, your whole life because you begin to see, wow, wow, this is this is awesome. Now that doesn't make the news, and those people will never get asked by a Barna uh, survey. But um, that's what changes a lot. And, you know, I just read the other day, John, that the Muslims who had become Christians were asked, uh, "Why did you become a Christian? What helped you become a Christian?" And they said, a number of them said dreams. We all have heard heard about that. But um, the second was meeting a Christian and finding them to be so kind and caring and accepting mm-hmm. of them. And well, that, was, that was big number two. And I think that, that sounds so much like what Jesus said and what Paul said, you know, kind to everyone, able to teach, gracious, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so it's kind that, of a grassroots perspective, I guess, but um, 
Yeah, I love that you brought up uh, uh, serving and getting involved with the needs of people. And uh, and I think of uh, I, I, one of my favorite passages in, in Second Peter is where Peter says, who can harm you if you're eager to do good? And, uh, and that, yeah. that, that is the verse that leads its way right into eventually having a, a chance to give a reason for the hope that you have. Because, right. you know, because uh, mm-hmm. of the way you're living. So uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Um, well, uh, Bill, what if someone w- wants to look further into this whole idea and, and maybe even interested in the course? Where, where do mm-hmm. we send them? Well, um, you can go to colsoncenter.org, C-O-L-S-O-N, colsoncenter.org. And uh, that gives you the overview. A lot, a lot of people are familiar with Breakpoint, uh, which yeah. Chuck started. Now, John, John Stone Street is uh, the president of the Colson Center, and he was uh-huh. one of my students. But Brian, I taught him Worldview and, uh, years ago. Oh, really? It's kind of neat to be work, working with oh, him now. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. But go to colsoncenter.org, and you'll see a fellows tab. But you'll get an overview of what the Colson Center is. And the Colson Fellows, then, we, what we're doing is now we're focusing on local uh, groups and uh, they'll have you know maybe a dozen people that get together oh maybe once a month on a Saturday uh, uh, a morning uh, to talk about what they've been reading and so on and uh, we have about 50 of those groups and um, around the country and that's growing as well and uh, that's a great way to learn you know you're reading something and uh, instead of just being an outlier you're sitting with uh, a number of other professional people or uh-huh. Uh, whoever and and talking about what you're reading and it gets really really exciting. I do a lot of webinars with some of those groups and it is a blast. It is really no, wonderful. Bill, you know, it's it just it's just hearing you talk. It just sounds like uh, uh, you know this is a vast vast subject we're talking about and there's yeah. no way yeah. to just capture. But I would say just hearing you, it's it's almost just like uh, getting. Christians to think, uh, to mm-hmm. think more deeply about their faith and about the world around them, and uh, and get involved. Uh, is that mm-hmm. am I right about that? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, John. And, and you know, Christians doing it together. Um, uh-huh. Our love for one another is, 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 as Jesus said, is a sign to the world that we're following Him. And uh-huh. uh, getting together and thinking out loud, admonishing one another, encouraging one another. Is vital and uh, great. Uh, yeah. Um, any uh, okay. Any fi- any final words? I our times really are already up. Believe it or not. Um, oh goodness uh, gracious! Final word about how to how to do this or how to sharpen your your own faith in the world view and the connections you make in life. Uh, just. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I, let me let me encourage everyone just to say I I really want to grow. I really want to learn. I want to be closer to Christ. I want to be more effective. And then um, uh, I'd love to help anyway. I, I I talk to people all day long just about uh, giving them suggestions and working with them. And I mentor a lot of people overseas. Uh, one fellow mm-hmm. I pray with in Ukraine every morning, and uh, it's it's really exciting. And uh, wow. but you know you make you got to be intentional. Make that perspective uh, your uh, your goal, and then uh, there are lots of good things to read to encourage you. And uh, YouTube is filled with great great people 
that can help you think through some of these things as well and so on. So uh, there's no shortage of materials to grow. Mm. Okay. Fantastic. Well, Bill, thank you so much. Uh, and keep on keeping on and, uh, you know, God, God bless you. And, uh, I hope this, uh, uh, the Colson Center continues to inspire people and get them connected um, to the world around them as believers. Oh, yeah. Great. Well, thank you, John. Okay. And please, please, you keep doing what you're doing, too. I love you, and I thank <laughs> you so much for your ministry in my life. Okay. Okay, Bill. Thank you so much as well. Take care. We'll talk Bye-bye. to you soon. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, folks, there you go. Dr. Bill Brown at the Colson Center, colsoncenter.org. If you want to start connecting your faith to your life, here's a place that can help you do that. That's really what we're all about here. That's it. Connecting faith to life. That's it. We can all do that better and better and become more aware of the world around us. God bless you. Come back again next week for another great interview. Bye-bye now.